Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we're taking a look at potential quarterback landing spots for so many different names that we could see on the move this offseason. Whether it's guys that you trade for, guys that you sign in free agency, or guys that you draft, we know there's a lot of potential quarterback movement that could be coming up over the next couple of months. Connor and I are going to go through so many teams and talk about their situation and the best options for them. I'm Trevor Sikama. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Welcome to the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikaba. That is Connor Rogers joining you on a Wednesday edition of the show, which means we're going to take a look at the draft order a little bit. We're going to go over a couple of the teams that are new to the solidified 2023 NFL draft order, but mostly Connor on this show. We're going to be taking a look at who we think is going to fill the quarterback holes around the league. There's a lot of free agent quarterbacks. There's a lot of tradable quarterbacks. And it's a pretty nice quarterback class at the very top, at least giving us a lot of intrigue and entertainment in that regard. So we've got, what, almost 10 teams that we're going to talk about as potential switch-up spots for the quarterback position, which means it could be we could be in for a very fun offseason. Buddy, how are you feeling this morning? I'm good, man. This is an exciting, you know breakdown of so many quarterback needy teams and all the options that exist to them. I think a lot of people listening will understand how the pro market will impact the draft market, what teams are in advantageous situations, what teams have a little bit more homework or work in general to do, whether they have to move up or they have to pony up cash and some of the craziest things that can impact the NFL this offseason. So this is kind of a good laying the ground floor. You can't just do mock drafts every day or rankings every day as much as we love that. Sometimes you need to look into how that first domino could lead to those other things. So I'm really excited to go through this today. Well, the offseason is so much fun because it feels like there's different uh, turning points, right? Like, okay, you find out what the final order is. Once, Well, for the non-playoff teams, you start to find out what the final order is right around the beginning of January, like where we are right now. And then you have the all-star circuit, and then you have the combine, and then you have free agency, and then you finally get to the draft. So it's almost like you get to have fun envisioning these different realities and how the draft could go as the entire offseason unfolds. And some people, I think, would look at that and say, oh, you don't even know how things are going to be set up by the time April rolls around. Yeah, but you can get little hints. You know, you can have little, you can say if certain situations go this way, then this team could be looking in this direction. And We here on this podcast embrace that. We think that it's fun. So we're going to keep doing it. That's what we're doing here on the show. But I did want to take a look at the updated draft order. Now that Super Wild Card Weekend is done, just name off some of the teams that have now solidified their draft spot before we get to April. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm. Mm. Sorry, buddy. Mm. What a final game. Smile because it happened. What a... Tom Brady won the Bucks the Super Bowl. You want to know how I got these scars? Oh, stop it. <laughs> I don't the- want to hear from Bucks fans. It was a bad ending. It was a really bad ending. Let me be fair. But all in all, maybe he just should have stayed or shouldn't have came back. 
Nah, nah, nah. Look, we're we're, we're, we're getting we're we'll get into Tom Brady. We'll get into Tom Brady plenty. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers they're picking nineteenth right after the Detroit Lions as the uh, worst record below five hundred team that got eliminated for Super Wild Card Weekend. Seattle Seahawks then picking twentieth. The Miami Dolphins would have picked twenty first, but their pick is forfeited due to the tampering. Once again, shout out Tom Brady. Los Angeles Chargers are picking twenty two. Baltimore Ravens twenty three. Minnesota Vikings. 24. I didn't prep you with this question, but oh boy. just just I, I was just going to say of the teams that got eliminated, which ones are you really going to have your eye on when it comes to the uh, the NFL draft and, and and it being in the early parts of the 20s here in the draft order? Is there one that certainly stands out that you're like, man, they could this team could certainly use this position. It might end up lining up well for them for a prospect that could be there. Just kind of throwing that out there. I know I'm kind of like putting you on the spot here, but I'm just no. Kidding. It's okay. The low hanging fruit answer is Seattle because they hold the the um, fifth overall pick as well, and I think they were an overachieving good team this year that can be really really good next year because people will overlook the fact not that they have two first round picks and one is a high caliber first round pick to address something that I think Pete Carroll seemed open about. They are not good enough in the front seven and they will address that at some point of the first round. They will get better in their front seven on defense. But the fact is that they also have so much young talent. that's only going to get better. Their young offensive tackles, Kenneth Walker, Tariq Woolen. This is a group that's going to really get a lot better. So Seattle is in an advantageous position picking at five and 20. But the real answer, Trevor, is the Bucks because we're going to learn a lot about how this franchise tries to reset and step forward with that 19th overall pick. If Tom Brady does leave, then everything is on the table for the Bucks. Are they in a mm-hmm. situation where, hell, they even consider trading that pick and try to accumulate draft capital for future years and this thing is going to take a long time? Or if what happens that nobody really expects, what if Brady does love it that much in Tampa? He works with the regime to fix the coaching staff. That was a massive problem this year. They run it back for another year or two. How do they use that draft asset to solve needs uh, to really go all in with Brady for at least another year? So I think the Bucks are the most intriguing team that lost in the opening round. Yeah. Intriguing. I would definitely agree with you because there's so much on the line. There's so much volatility of what their biggest needs could be. I I, certainly, you mentioned quarterback being one of them. If Brady's there, obviously that is solidified, but trenches, they need help in both of the trenches badly. That offensive line was terrible against a good Cowboys pass rush. I don't want to brush off the pass rush for Dallas. It's it's an incredibly good route. They were bad all year. It felt like the Bucks offensive line. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it was, it was bad. Now, Go figure. Losing your starting all-pro center, uh, your all-pro left guard retiring kind of surprisingly, and then losing your starting right guard to free agency. Oh, yeah, look at that. It hurt you. Yeah, it did. It, it was too much for them to overcome. The Bucks also came to the painful realization that they have absolutely no pass rush outside of Shaq Barrett, who got hurt for the year, um, about midway through the year. So I think they're going to be looking in the trenches. I'm looking at Minnesota, actually. Minnesota at 24 this is certainly a team that wishes that they were still alive, right? They finished the year 13 and three in the regular, sorry, 13 and four in the regular season. And when that's the case, you had NFC championship aspirations, right? You you feel like you can go head up against any team there. So they lose in the first round, obviously a disappointment, but I think the biggest need for the Vikings is corner. And with them at 24, all of a sudden you are 
at least realistically in range to get maybe one of those top corners in the class, depending on where like Devon Witherspoon goes, or Keely Ringo or Joey Porter Jr. or somebody like that. What it's a pretty deep and talented cornerback class, even I think within just the first round. And now Minnesota ha- actually has a legit shot to get one of those bigger difference makers at what I think is going to be their biggest area of need. And I wasn't sure that was going to be the case. So I think Minnesota is in a decent spot too in that regard with them now pick it at 24. And a wild variable with Minnesota is that Kirk Cousins is on the final year of his contract that they kind of redid recently where he's 35 years old in the 2023 season. His cap number is 36.25 million, but he has two void years after that. So is Minnesota looking at a window where they go all in on 2023 and try to get a title with Kirk Cousins. And after that, they wave goodbye and they're carrying quite a hefty amount of money on the void years. He has a 12.5 million cap number in 2024 to not play for the team. Um, And and there's some void money in 2025, or do they just keep trying to figure out how to keep him around? They they have some interesting decisions to make, but at some point they will have to develop a quarterback in the next two to three years, I think. Yep. 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 That's a good transition. Quarterback talk, getting us into what we are talking about today. You're identifying a handful of teams that uh, could have new quarterbacks, whether it's from trade, from free agency, from the draft. There's a lot of teams that could potentially have some changes at the most important position. We just mentioned the Vikings. I don't have the Vikings on this list, Connor. If you want to throw them in there at the end, maybe no, we can talk no, a little bit more about Cousins. Kirk Cousins but I, I agree. I agree with you. I think that it's Cousins. But there's a lot of other teams where it's not as yeah, you're solidified. Right. So we're going to go through these. We're going to throw out every single team. And we're going to talk about their quarterback situation. We're just going to have a little bit of an open-ended conversation, how we currently see the team, uh, where their regime is when it comes to the coaching staff, the front office, some tendencies that they have, whether or not they're in a winning window, where we feel like they could best be served with bringing in a quarterback that either has experience, a guy who could step in right away, or investing in a younger guy in the draft. We're going to talk about all that stuff. So, Connor, let's just start off with the team that we have talked about with the position plenty, but the Houston Texans. Uh, Houston Texans, Davis Mills, when I I was about to say like fun story, but like that sounds so insulting when you just when you when when that's the best thing that you could say about somebody. But Davis yeah, Mills, I don't think I don't think anybody ever really thought that he was going to be a franchise guy. And in fact, Houston was so bad over the last couple of years, and the Deshaun Watson situation uh, devolved so quickly that he got his opportunity to play. There were times when he looked all right, but it just wasn't nearly as consistent. And I don't think that anybody is really going to be a long time. I think Davis so. Mills. Yeah, but yeah. I, 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 he's not going to be a starter, not for Houston no. at least. They're looking at bigger and better things, especially now that they have the number two overall pick. So what do you think with Houston? Casario is still there. They're still trying to figure out head coach. What do you think makes the most sense, and which quarterback target do you like the most for the Houston Texans? I still like Bryce Young for them. I really, really do. And it, the problem is, and at the time, I, I keep harping on this, it felt like Nobody really cared about the thought of them losing the number one overall pick. And now it feels like we're at, you know, DEFCON one or whatever they call it in a situation Isn't where f- everybody. Are you, are you talking about the worst or the best? Or the, not, the absolute worst scenario. Did I blow I that? Five. I think it's five. DEFCON five. Good God. I butchered that. I basically made it sound like it was a, a you know, we, a burning stove. You not even a burning stove. A little part. smoke coming off the Now skillet. I got to look it up. Uh, now I got to do, now I got to do DEFCON uh, research. I, I blew it. Anyway, it, listen. It, this would have been really easy if the Texans were at one. I, I think they take the best quarterback in the draft in Bryce Young. They restart their franchise. Now, what I will say is, as much as there is a gap between Bryce Young 
and CJ Stroud. I'm just laughing at your reaction while looking this up. I, well, I think you, I think you're right. I think it's actually okay. DefCon One. I hope so because I've said that phrase like way too many times in the last <laughs> month, and that would be really, really. Yeah. Okay. DefCon One maximum force readiness yes. is how they describe yes. it. Maximum On... readiness, all forces available for content or combat <laughs> content. Nuclear yeah. war is imminent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the Texans are not at DEFCON 1. It's maybe like 2 or 3. So, listen, (laughs) they could play this game where they pick swap with the Bears. It's probably going to be a little expensive, and then you get Bryce, depending on how much you love Bryce. You could stay at 2, and somebody's going to skip you probably and grab Bryce, and then you could see Jay Stroud, who's a really good player in my mind still. Um, there's going to be all ranging opinions on Will Levis. So I, I will always caveat these rants with Will Levis is included just because he wouldn't be for me if I was in the GM room doesn't mean mm-hmm. he won't be for the NFL because he will be. So I think I look at the Texans and I think one of the three quarterback prospects of this draft is their most likely route. I still, by the way, still like my idea that if Aaron Rodgers keeps his boots firmly entrenched in Green Bay, which is going to be another longer topic further down this podcast and doesn't look as likely as we once thought, and Jordan Love demands out, if I was the Texans, I would at least call and see what the price is for Jordan Love rather than selling all these assets to get up to number one, and then I can't build a team around the young quarterback. So that's just my – this is a little backup option. It's a little bit more creative and risky. But once they lost that number one pick, I became intrigued by the idea – of them taking a flyer on a guy like that. What do you think of them? I So I'm pretty much in the same boat. My, my primary choice for the Houston Texans is Bryce Young. Um, and if you can get up to number one to get Bryce, and it's not going to cost you that much to do it, I, w- I would say that you should. Uh, even yeah. if it's going to cost you a little bit to get up to number one. I think not Bryce 12. Young's No, 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 no. Not, not 12. And like I'm... Wa- I'm wondering how much you want to dip into like next year and the following year's major draft assets, even to move up to one spot. Cause you're still going to be bad. Yeah. And so I think that's a really good point that you brought up with Jordan love. If you like Bryce young in this class, let's say Nick Casario loves Bryce young. Let's say the bidding war to get up to number one becomes way too high. There's four or five teams involved. They're going crazy. Everybody wants this one guy. Um, if you get into a situation where even moving up one draft pick is going to hurt you to build the team the way that you need them to, then at that point, I would I would probably sign off on something like, okay, like figure out what the price is for Jordan Love because it can't be that expensive. So go spend some sort of day two asset to go get Jordan Love, take a flyer on him, build the team the way that you need to, and um, and see what happens after that. I mean, we got what looks like to be a good, solid quarterback class next year. I'm I, I'm not so sure that Jordan Love is going to be the savior of the franchise to get them way out of range and maybe pick it a good quarterback in next year's class either. But if the gap, if you're the Texans, between Bryce Young and whoever it is, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, whoever's next for you, is pretty wide, I would look into that. I don't love it, but I hear what you're saying. And I think that that's good that you at least threw it out there. Me, to me, if I'm the Texans, the only really two options on the table for me are QB1 or QB2. Either you go up and you go get Bryce Young if you think he is that much better than everybody else in this class, or you stick there at number two and you are comfortable with if CJ Stroud is pretty close in your evaluation, if Will Levis, if Anthony Richardson is close to your evaluation, whatever, you go get one of those guys. 
I've seen people throw around the Texans getting like a Derek Carr, a Jimmy Garoppolo, somebody like that. I don't like that option. The team's nowhere close to winning. There is there's no reason for them to go out and get a veteran. It, even if it's like a borderline veteran, like a like a Baker Mayfield or a Jacoby Brissett or something. Because I even think at that point, maybe you're winning too many games with those guys because they have experience to get you out of the realm of a conversation for a quarterback at the top of next year's draft. So I don't I don't really like that veteran strategy at all for Houston. I'm going draft no matter what. If it's not too expensive to get up the number one for your guy, stick at number two. I guess option three would be if you don't love any of the other quarterbacks in this class, maybe a Jordan Love, but that's about the only one that I can really think of. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And that kind of brings us to the Colts who are in a similar situation, right? Except the mm-hmm. Colts pick at four. Um, I think both these regimes are very desperate. I think Nick Casario and Chris Ballard kind of feel the coals under their chairs and understand that if they don't find the solution soon under center, they might not get that opportunity in the 2024 draft to continue to look for that solution. So at least if you take a guy this year and your team is not great next year, but there is some hope and development of a young quarterback, you could sell that to an owner and say, Hey, I I took this guy. I have the right plan to develop him. It's going to take a couple of years and on and on it goes. So for the Colts here, I'm fascinated by this Trevor. They can make the big play as we did on the Monday mock draft pod and go up to number one, which could cost them a future one and a pick swap. Mm -hmm. And then they get a guy like Bryce Young. But I have been hammering a home on this pod, knowing Chris Ballard's scouting history, that you have to keep a guy like Will Levis or CJ Stroud in mind because of their more traditional measurables at the position. So knowing that, what if the Colts go into the evaluation process their grades on all three or even two, but let's say all three are somewhat similar. They feel like they have a plan in place to develop one of these three as a quarterback. Do they just sit at four and they take one of the three that falls into their lap? That's what I'm kind of curious on. I don't know if they can afford to be that patient, but I would not be shocked to see Indy play their cards patiently, hold on to all their draft capital. That'll be used to put pieces around whoever they take at this spot. And the fact that, they won't just grade quarterbacks on a consensus scale. They have some very unique scouting minds in that room that will draft with conviction, whether that's right or wrong. I think there's a delicate balance between patience and closed mindedness. Yeah, I, don't want to, I think so too. I don't want to use, I don't want to use the word ignorant because ignorance, such a ignorance, such a harsh word. It seems like such an attacking word, but like, for example, uh, I, I read the report when Matthew Stafford got traded from Detroit to LA the Colts offered it didn't even offer like a first round pick like they offered like a second round pick for him and it's like okay well you're not even really in the conversation at that point and they they kind of they ended up after after all of that they ended up lucking into Matt Ryan because the Falcons pissed off Matt Ryan so badly because they wanted Deshaun Watson all of a sudden so that's why the the Matt Ryan situation wasn't even really there at the beginning it just kind of manifested and the Colts were able to figure out they were able to get Matt Ryan and they lucked into the Matt Ryan situation which looked good on paper going into the year but that obviously didn't work out i just wonder if if the Colts have that luxury anymore yeah. Can the Col- can the Colts sit back at number four, knowing damn well that Chicago's going to trade that number one overall pick for somebody who's going up to get a quarterback? Houston's taking a quarterback at two. And then there's nothing to say that Arizona at number three will not answer a callback. If you sit at four, you might get QB four. 
And that's yeah. something that I just don't think the Indianapolis Colts can do. You don't want to be reckless, right? You never want to. It, it, it's like every business negotiation. You never want to try to go back and forth and negotiate from a position where the other person has leverage. You don't want them to be able to feed off of your desperation. And so it's a delicate game that Chris Ballard is playing. But can they afford to sit there at four? Your ultimate question. I don't think they can. So I think what Chris Ballard actually has to do is not only call up Ryan Poles at number one, I think Chris Ballard's got to call up Nick Casario at number two. And he's got to potentially get something on the board for Casario to yeah. move from two to four and make it worth his while. And then I think that he's got to call, oh, I can't remember the new GM's name in Arizona. Oh. I can't Austin for Monteport. Yes, I can't remember what his name is, but you got to call him up and you got to be prepared to have a deal with him to make it to make something at three. And then I think once you have maybe some of those deals and conversations in place, then you can go back to Chicago to Ryan Poles and then have a honest negotiation where instead Poles instead of Poles saying to you, Well, I'm basically gonna call my shot with with you, Chris, because if you don't do this deal with me, you're you might be straight out of luck for a quarterback. Instead, Chris Bauer can then go back and say, "No, I already got a deal with Nick at two. I already got a I already got a deal in place with with uh, Austin Ford at number three. Like I'm good to go. I don't need you guys. I don't need to get up to number one. Then you can actually have an honest conversation. Maybe get to a real price. Maybe they can move up. So all all that to say, I don't even know how I got on that. I agree with you. I am not in any way, shape, or form going to push a veteran route option to the Indianapolis Colts. It can't be. No, you, no, you can't. You have a top five overall pick, a top four overall pick. You have to leave this draft with a potential young franchise quarterback. It has to be one of those guys that you believe in. Uh, whether it's a one, two, three, or where you're currently picking it for, it's got to be a young option. So I have as my primaries here, of course, Bryce Young's number one, CJ Stroud's number two, uh, Will Levis or Anthony Richardson's number three. You got to come away with one of those guys. And I just think that's where Indianapolis is at. I'm not even considering a veteran option. Heck, I'm not even considering like a Jordan Love or a Zach Wilson or something or, or like I, whatever might happen in San Francisco. No, no. You know, like I just I think it's got to be one of these guys in the draft here this year. Um, so that's 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 where I'm at with Indianapolis. And it feels like the Colts B writers are collectively shooting down any chance of a Derek Carr trade. So when you hear that, that to me is kind of the siren going off that the Colts are firmly entrenched in taking a quarterback in the top five in this draft because I've been vocal. I'm not a car guy, but if you're looking at any of the veteran options for them, that's actually the one that you kind of think you try to trail a little bit. You're like, I could see them trading for car and selling mm -hmm. themselves on that. And maybe car has some success there, but it with all the whispers coming out, it's not even whispers. I mean, all you have to do is search Derek Carr Colts, and it's it's. I think it was a blurb on Roto World. That's how notable this is that they're not doing that. So, yes, the it, the point of all of this is the Texans and the Colts are in the top four, and we Trevor and I collectively think they walk out of this draft with two of the three quarterbacks end up on those teams in the form of Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. And Will Levis is in that conversation, which moves us to number seven, right? We're going to the Raiders now, Vegas Raiders. Yeah, we can go to the Raiders. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we can go to the Raiders. Moves us to seven, where the conversation, in my opinion, becomes a little bit more interesting because this is the team in the top seven 
that does not feel like they are looking at the draft route, despite already moving on from a longtime veteran quarterback under center and Derek Carr, mm-hmm. the Raiders under Josh McDaniels, Trevor, the two names I wrote down a quarterback that it feels like they walk away with in free are both free agents uh, would be Tom Brady or Jimmy Garoppolo. And yes, there's familiarity there. McDaniels has called an offense for both of these guys quite a bit. He was obviously a huge part, I believe, of drafting Jimmy Garoppolo. I'll have to double check if he was there. I'm almost positive he was back in New England when they drafted Jimmy. Time uh, to check. Just, thank you, sir. Uh, nice. Always, we always back each other up as research assistants when we're not hosting a pod. It, maybe when we're big time one day, we'll have somebody on an alternate cam that does that. But not yet, folks. Still keeping the lights on. I just they feel like the team to me that you know what's fascinating. This is where you open the door for the Tom Brady conversation, right? If Tom Brady leaves Tampa. Tom Brady and keeps playing football. Tom Brady is only going to a place where there's an infrastructure for him to compete uh, at a contender level, not a fringe playoff team. I don't even think, uh, you know, division winner. I think he wants to contend for a Super Bowl if he goes back. Mm-hmm. And you wonder what kind of teams present him that opportunity. Now, I'm not fully convinced the Raiders do, but from an offensive skill talent standpoint, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, maybe they bring back Josh Jacobs on the franchise tag. Who knows? This is an offensive line that did have some improvement. Colton Miller's taken some huge strides. This is one of the landing spots that Tom Brady, I think, will be courted on with Jimmy G also potentially being in the fold. Um, Josh McDaniels was indeed the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach when Jimmy Garoppolo was drafted yeah. to New England. So, so you And I know that this isn't breaking news. Everybody knows this, but like that coaching staff loved Jimmy. They weren't like happy to let Jimmy out the door. It's just a guy named Tom Brady was there and played a lot longer than anybody thought. So right. there's no, there's, they still have that feeling for Jimmy. I'm fascinated to see how the, but I, I have funneled this between these two. I don't know if you feel differently. I think the Raiders are a little more cut and dried than you'd expect with their quarterback plans. Uh, my primary option for them is Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Jimmy Garoppolo makes the most sense for them. So I definitely see eye to eye with you there. I think certainly the connection between Jimmy and, um, and Josh McDaniels is there. The reason why I push back on the Tom Brady stuff, and, and I don't even say this and saying like, oh, like let, let me destroy all narratives so he so he signs back in Tampa. I don't really it it would it, I would just say it would surprise me if the Raiders were a legit option for Tom Brady. One for him or or for them courting him. Like what side do you think is not for it? more of Brady's side than the Raiders' side. But I, can, the, I can see that. Their defense the, needs a lot of work. At the same time, well, I guess Brady doesn't really care about money. So the money is no. not really an issue to Brady. Brady will go wherever, and he'll make the money work. So the the part for the Raiders that that is, is tough is, one, they don't have a lot of money to spend, right? Apparently, they couldn't fire Josh McDaniels because they're cash poor from the stadium and all the coaches that they're trying to pay Still, they couldn't move on from McDaniels because of that. What? How much better then is the team going to be next year? Where are the upgrades going to be made? If you're really cash poor, where are the upgrades coming from, if not from the draft? So the offensive line's still not where it needs to be. Brady already didn't want to take hits behind Tampa's offensive line this past year. Sure, the pass catchers are good in, with the Raiders, but the defense is bad. I mean, the Raiders' defense is bad. It's hot and cold. It's about as inconsistent as it feels like it gets. You got Max Crosby, great, but you need basically upgrades in every yeah, other layer of the else. defense. Yeah, so absolutely. I, I think that that's something that worries me a little bit. Why would Brady just go to a team that's got a bad defense and a bad offensive line? 
and a team that's coming off massive disappointments. So I'm not sure Brady's even going to want to sign there. Jimmy Garoppolo, on the other hand, is probably going to be willing to work with them contract-wise because there are not many places in the NFL where Jimmy's going to be able to start. Now, he might be able to have, might have a little bit of a bidding war, and he might get a little bit more money elsewhere. I don't know, maybe Washington, like maybe the Commanders, maybe the Jets, something like that. But I feel like the Raiders make a lot of sense for Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think he's got to be the primary option there. If it's not him... And if it's not Brady, which I'm I'm ruling out on Brady's side of things just because I don't see him wanting to go there. Will Levis is seven. I I kind of like the thought of Will Levis or Anthony Richardson at seven. You know, one of those two guys. I don't think CJ Stroud or Bryce Young are going to be there. So instead, I really do like, why don't you just open up the window in a rookie quarterback contract? Just do that. Now, is it going to take a little bit more time? Sure. But like we just said, what's the reason why Tom Brady wouldn't want to come to Vegas? Team's not ready. Team's not ready anyways. So you get instead a quarterback that you might be able to groom. I genuinely believe that the Raiders are probably two years away from actually competing anyways. They've got to be able to keep the good offensive weapons they have. Um, They've got to be able to upgrade the offensive line. The defense has got to be a lot more consistent, a lot better. And then maybe by year two, year three of whoever you pick as a rookie quarterback, maybe they're coming into their prime. Maybe they're coming into their own. That could set up really nicely for him, and I think I like that strategy uh, a lot as a potential um, avenue for Vegas. Because other than that, Connor, I just don't have faith in this team. People are talking about free agent destinations going to going to Vegas. Go- I don't think Vegas is that good. Maybe I'm maybe I'm on maybe I'm on the train of my own here, but like I ju- I just don't think Vegas is that good. I really don't. Here's what it comes to. We had this they're conversation. In the, they're in the same division with Mahomes. They're in the same conference with Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. Like, what are you yeah, telling AFC's, me? The, Ra- the AFC is hell. What are you telling me? The Raiders are going to compete against those teams when they get into the playoffs, if they ever get in the playoffs? No. They're they're at least two years away from that. So why would you sign Tom Brady? Uh, so that's that's where I am with the Raiders. I no, feel I like I feel like other people are talking about the Raiders. Like they are one move away from a turnaround. And I just do not see that team this way. So I am much more in the camp of maybe you go get a Jimmy G, but if not, man, be happy and go get a quarterback at number seven in this class. If there's one there, because I do think there's a lot of risk to that. But yes, you know what's crazy in this conversation since we're on quarterbacks for today's show? I never thought we'd get here, but assuming he decides to keep playing, and I don't know, I would be kind of surprised if he retired after everything that's happened. Isn't it wild finding Tom Brady a landing spot is a very difficult task? Seriously, when you go, you need, number one, the situation has to be very high end. He needs a team that can compete for a Super Bowl. So what do you need? Really good defense, an offensive line that can keep the old man upright. You Mm -hmm. need skilled players, obviously, that can handle a very demanding, understandably, a very demanding quarterback. And... Then you need the right infrastructure, of course, because Tom Brady has a legacy to protect where he's not just going to go anywhere. Like With his Patriots legacy, I'm not convinced Tom Brady ever considers the New York Jets an option. When you look at the New York Jets on paper, they're one of the five teams that you'd name because they have a great defense. They have really, really, really good skill talent. If they sign Tom Brady, then all your draft capital is going towards building the offensive line, and the offensive coordinator position is open, so you can hire a senior guy that you think you're going to work with. 
I don't think Tom Brady would ever consider going to the New York Jets, just like I don't think Tom Brady would consider going to a franchise like the Washington Commanders. So if you just rule those two out, two teams that we think are in on veteran quarterbacks, we just had a conversation that we don't know if the Raiders are good enough for Tom Brady. Where is Tom Brady going to go? And I know that's crazy to say. I think there's two teams. Can I guess? Sure, yeah. Okay, back to the Bucks. That's one option, yes. Yeah, it has to be. It's actually gotten to the point where people are completely overlooking it for some reason. I guess his body language after the game, some people were, I don't know. Second one, obviously, this is a little tougher. Give me uh, three and a half seconds here. (laughs) Oh, I have a sleeper cell that isn't the answer, so I'll do that one last. And what about the Panthers? No, I no, I, I just, I don't really see, I don't really see him going to the Panthers. You want to know my sleeper cell that I knew wasn't the answer? Uh, sh- sure. If the Titans could move on from Tannehill. See, I also don't like that one because the offensive line's bad. The skill position players are bad. He, bad. Just, he just has Derrick Henry. That's it. Yeah, I, this is, It's so hard to find Tom Brady at home. I'm not even exaggerating. There is, there is one answer that makes the most sense. Okay. The San Francisco 49ers. But does it? They love Brock Purdy. You and they can, have Trey Lance. You cannot tell me that unless Brock Purdy wins them a Super Bowl this year, that which if, could happen. <laughs> that if which could happen, which would absolutely could happen. That if Tom Brady calls up that organization and says to John Lynch and says to Kyle Shanahan, I want to play in San Francisco, they don't For make like it. 15 happen. million. Yeah. Because you're right. You're Tom right. Brady on that team wins a Super Bowl next year. It will be it will be Niners Chiefs in 2024, and it will just be a epic battle between Mahomes and Brady again. They are absolutely making the Super Bowl next year again if Tom Brady plays for the San Francisco 49ers. One thousand percent. Doesn't he have like a, an affinity for Joe Montana? He grew I'm up a Niners sure. fan. I know he grew up a Niners fan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they were like his, they were his childhood team. Okay, so what about this? I actually think you you just got me somewhere where I'm fully in on this now, which is okay. people listening are probably like, well, how did it take so long to get there, Connor? I've just been so Brock Purdy minded, which Brock Purdy, Trey Lance camp battle. If you can get Tom Brady next year, mm-hmm. and I know Shanahan and that organization, they love Brock Purdy. And this isn't because he's played well since he took over. They loved what they saw over summer right. with Brock Purdy I'm to the point where he he made the team. He had to fight to make the team. Isn't that so? You're trading Trey Lance. You're just raising your hand and going, "Hey, we missed on this one." Mm-hmm. You're starting Tom Brady next year, and Brock Purdy gets to sit behind Tom Brady, and he's your guy of the future. Correct, right? I don't know how it's gonna. I don't know how it's gonna work out with the backup quarterbacks. But the thing is, it doesn't matter. It truly doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter. The Los Angeles Rams ran their franch their future of their franchise short term into the ground to get Matthew Stafford. And you know what? It doesn't matter because they won a Super Bowl. So I think that there I think there are a lot of people out there who when you suggest Tom Brady going to the San Francisco 49ers, they go, well, what, well, what are you going to do with Trey Lance? What, 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 are you, what, what are you going to do with Brock Purdy? It You're right. doesn't, it's, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't shit. matter. It doesn't matter. You can trade Trey Lance or guess what? You don't have to. You can trade Brock Purdy or. You can't keep all three. You can't keep all three. Connor, they're all on rookie deals. 
You can't roster three quarterbacks. Both of them, all are, year. both of them are on rookie deals. You could you could trade one of them very easily. But that's yes, that's, you could. That, yes. that's what I'm saying. That that is all that is all I'm saying. If the if the only reason that you can come up with that Tom Brady should not be on the San Francisco 49ers if you don't believe he's washed. Because if you are going to sit here and tell me Tom Brady's washed, then okay, I disagree with you and we're just going to fundamentally disagree with this anyways. But outside of that, if the only reason that you could really come up with is what do you do with Brock Purdy? What do you do with Trey Lance? You figure that out later. That's not a problem to me. So that's why yeah, I say it's, it's you're 100% on it that it's it's really stupid that people are treating that like a cinder block weighing behind them. Right, right. Brock Purdy has been awesome. I'm not I'm not going to say that he hasn't, especially for Mr. Irrelevant. But I mean, the guy after a really impressive start to his college career went in the tank. There's no way around it. I mean, there was a summer I remember where Trevor and I were probably both at TDN. That's how long Brock Purdy was a prospect. <laughs> yeah. where, seriously, yeah. that's how yeah. long. Where conversations were like, Brock Purdy's on the radar for the draft. Yeah. Right. And he just kept having to go back to school and it didn't work out. And he was literally the last player drafted. And credit to him. I know I was way too low on him. Um Although I think I had him ranked exactly one spot of the pick he got drafted <laughs> at, which is just ironically hilarious. But we're counting, yeah, we're counting as win. We're counting as a, the saddest, pathetic win of all time. A win, is a, though, win is a win. That's the landing spot for Tom Brady and probably so think... what he would want. And I don't want to go all like I don't like doing the investigative creeping work, but like if his parents are still back there, and I don't know the answer to that. Like I, I think that's a huge factor live. to him. I don't just, know where his parents live. Fascinating. All right. So we had the Tom Brady conversation. Sorry, Raiders fans. We just went completely off the highway. Although we already answered the Raiders. We don't have to go yeah, back we down did. that well. We, did. we go to the Falcons now. All right. So Trevor, I have <laughs> my Falcons ones I wrote down. Talk about two totally different ends of the spectrum. Oh, we might have the same one. Okay. One. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson. Okay. Uh, yep. Completely agree. Two. <laughs> You're going to laugh. Camp battle between Jacoby Brissett and Desmond Ritter. Okay, I mean, you're half right. I just, I have Desmond Ritter. You don't need to bring Jacoby Brissett into this. Yeah, you do. No, you don't. Yes, you do. He has to go somewhere. This is where I put him on the show. He what played you really well for you Cleveland. You have Jacoby Brissett stock and Mojo? Don't lie to me. What are you trying to, what are you have, trying to do out I, here? I do carry the flag for Jacoby. I don't want him to be the forgotten man. He had to be put on this show. Okay. That's where I'm at. All right. Uh, I... I have the same exact two as you. We're starting to feel like Lamar is getting traded, right? Because that I've, I've fully bought in on that. He doesn't seem happy. You know, he did the thing where he completely removed his Instagram picture. It's now just like the standard no picture on Instagram. Uh, the last time I checked, his bio on Instagram has absolutely nothing to do with the Baltimore Ravens on it. I think that's the new part. I think the picture thing he did, like when negotiations started, I think the bio thing is new. Okay. Either way, he didn't travel he's, with the team. That's the big one. He's posted some cryptic, uh, I just broke up with my significant other, uh, stoicism quotes in his Instagram really? story. Yeah, man. I mean, this guy's, this guy's, this guy's going through it. This guy's this guy's going through it. He's, he's a life changing situation. He's putting you know old MySpace and Facebook uh, statuses where you're, yeah, you're just yeah. trying to be you know a little mysterious. You're trying to be oh, what does he mean by that? The Ravens what? are not in the top eight right now. The Ravens don't look like they're in the top eight. They might man. be blocked. 
We're, yes. re we're reaching reported and blocked for spam. So it don't look good. It don't look good. I, I have I have long believed that they would get something done and that Lamar would be a Raven in the end. Um, now I think that's seriously in doubt. Now, and now the Ravens are not going to lose Lamar Jackson for nothing, right? I think at the very least, they're going to franchise tag him and then trade him to a team. So they're, I think that they will do that. And I think Atlanta is a great spot. You agree? Yep. It just, listen, he's 26. He just turned 26 in January. At the end of the day, if it's over in Baltimore, which it could reach that point, mm -hmm. the man has to go somewhere. He's a former MVP. He's incredible. Um, and what it's going to come down to at the end of the day for Lamar Jackson is what owner is willing to put the guaranteed dollars that he is seeking that Baltimore will not give him. And I think when you do that, this this ties in really nicely to the next team. I think of the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. And I know there are a lot of Jets fans that listen to this podcast that are probably slamming their head against the wall. I'm not ruling out the Jets. I, I think the Jets have to make that call. I'm also not convinced the Ravens send him within the AFC when they don't have to. Because I think the Falcons and the Panthers will be highly desperate and motivated to get a deal done for this guy, they probably have the same kind of cash flow, if not better. Yeah. Uh, right? I mean... You know, I thought about this with the Jets. And obviously... We'll get there, by the way, if you're listening. We'll get there. Yeah, we're going to get to the Jets. I thought about this for the Jets with Lamar. And Lamar in New York with the Jets obviously makes them a playoff team, clearly. They, they become an absolute force, I think, in that conversation is a team that has been burned a lot by injuries going to give up so much to go get a quarterback that has to deal with a lot of injuries. I'd be hesitant to say that Joe Douglas would be all in on doing that. I think they call. Certainly, they do the yeah, research, they, they do their due diligence, they think about it a lot. But I wonder if Douglas and the Jets brass is like, we've been burned by injuries on guys that we've had faith in a handful of times. And Lamar's been hurt over the years. He plays a style of football in which he takes hits. The, the, the way you maximize the value of what Lamar Jackson is, is you got to use him as a runner. And I think he's a great passer as well, but that's the point of the dual threat ability of what makes Lamar Jackson so unique and can put you over the top and can get you to a Super Bowl. That makes him susceptible to injury. Do you pull the trigger there? Because there's a reason why the Ravens didn't. And that's also why. So do the Jets do that? I'm, I'm just not so sure. I'm not so sure. I think a team like Atlanta is going to be a team that would be a lot more all in on it. You've got Arthur Smith who did, who worked wonders. Um, with a dual threat ability of, of Ryan Tannehill. Okay. Oh God, this so, offense would be something. It would be incredible. You look at the stable running backs that they already have. You look at uh, the, the, you look at a offensive line that was just bullies in the run blocking game last year in, in, in Atlanta. Um, you're adding Kyle Pitts. You've got uh, Drake London as well. You've already got good passing assets there. You could continue to build upon that. Love the idea of Lamar Jackson in, in Atlanta as, and then going throughout the defense for uh, for the rest of the draft, whatever draft picks you don't give up for that trade. So I agree. And if if not Lamar, I, I think Desmond Ritter is the guy. I think you ride into next season with Desmond Ritter. You give him a full chance. And look, if it crash and burns on you, 
yeah, you got Drake May, you got Caleb Williams, you got whoever's going to come out in that quarterback class next year, and you take a stab at one of those guys then. So that's what I think. The Panthers in a similar situation at nine. Mm-hmm. I think they're another team. They have a owner with a ton of money. I think we've told some of the stories on this podcast. We know Tepper, you know, it's it's not baseball where Steve Cohen can just spend endlessly because there's a salary cap, but we know the kind of money that Tepper has, the kind of desires he has for a franchise quarterback and star power. Now, I will say this. If the Panthers, the Panthers are just as much as a contender for Lamar Jackson, in my mind, as the Falcons, but their plan B option is a little different in a sense that there's not a guy on the roster that I'm fully bought into to compete with the veteran. So I look at the Panthers and go, you're picking at nine. This is actually a landing spot, Trevor, that I really like for CJ Stroud in a, in a trade-up situation. I think this offensive line has taken some significant steps in the right direction. I think they'll be able to run the ball. I think they're very motivated to hire an offensive-minded coach that'll work with a young quarterback. If that's Ben Johnson, then great. Uh, mm. Stroud has a similar skill set to Goff where Ben Johnson just got the maybe the best we saw out of Goff since he was an MVP candidate under McVay that one year. I believe the year they went to the Super Bowl. So Carolina isn't Lamar Jackson or bust for me because I think that they're a team that has to be aggressive to go up for a guy, and I just think the fit with Stroud is perfect for them. I I I, I agree. Something some Carolina's got to go in on a on a young quarterback. I think. Yep. You know, I I have all of the names listed here. If Carolina wants to be a team that gets very aggressive to go up to number one overall to go get Bryce Young, go do it. If you want to stay there at number nine, you want to see if CJ Stroud lasts to you. If you want, maybe want to trade up a little bit for CJ Stroud, maybe to number three with Arizona, like we've talked about a couple of times before, go up and do that. If you want to sit there at nine, you want to wait till Will Levis or Anthony Richardson comes back to you. Obviously, it's risky because you're getting whoever it is, QB3, QB4 in the class, whatever it is. But if you're okay with that, then you're okay with that. Ultimately, though, and Carolina needs one of these young guys. Build around one of these young guys. You've got a young team still. It's a good defense. It's an improving offensive line. It's decent skilled players, but you still need to get better in the backfield and at wide receiver. So that's still a work in progress anyways. It's not a complete team, but whoever is going to be the coach there, you mentioned Ben Johnson. I'd absolutely love that. I just want one of these young quarterbacks to end up in Carolina. Give them somebody to really build a franchise around for the next at least four to five years of that rookie deal. And I think Carolina is already in a great spot on the defensive side of the ball. So you keep those guys around. You continue to improve the defense. They'll keep you in games while the young quarterback learns. I just think that's the ideal window for Carolina is a young quarterback. So I agree with you. All right, now we turn to a very different direction with these next two teams. We'll start with the New York Jets. If you haven't t- can't tell by now, we're just going by the draft order. The New York Jets picking at 13 here, absolutely uh, well-known that they are in the veteran market for a quarterback. I haven't mm-hmm. considered the Jets as a team looking to get involved in this draft class at quarterback. Everything could change, but ultimately they think they have a win-now roster. I think a lot of people would agree with them with their defense and their young ascending talent around the quarterback position. Uh, when you look at the struggles that they had from the quarterback position this year, basically if they just weren't awful and they were just kind of bad or even mediocre at the position, they probably make the playoffs. But could have, would have, should have. It didn't work out for the New York Jets. So, Trevor, this is the team to me that listening to Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee today, and the guy's very oh, what did he say? Mysterious. He basically just said. He didn't say it's over or anything like that, but he said he won't be a part of a rebuild and he has to have conversations with them still. And if it's over for Rodgers and Green Bay, which is still a massive if, but I I think it's more 50-50 than it's ever been. 
man, I can see the Jets being the Rodgers destination because Rodgers is a guy that is going to be very picky about his situation. He's going to – it's kind of funny when you come full circle and think of the Brett Favre. Well, that's everybody. what I'm laughing at. That's yeah. what I'm No, I know. I lived it. I lived it. Packers have had like two quarterbacks in the last 20 years, 40 years, whatever it's been. It hasn't been 40 years. But the Packers have had only like two quarterbacks since – when did Favre start? Early 90s? Early 1990s? Yeah, I think mid-90s. Mid-90s? And, Barb's uh, first season in Green Bay was 92. He was a full starter then. The, and, and they both become Jets. It's insanity. After, their, after the insanity. time in Green Bay is over. It's really. And how far did the Jets get with Favre? What was the first so thing? The, I mean, the story for the non-Jets fans listening with Favre is the Jets were eight and three and Favre was just lighting it up. And then Favre's. Favre hurts his shoulder really, really badly, and their season goes in the tube. They finish 9-7 and seven in 08. Everybody gets fired. They don't make the playoffs. So... <laughs> he was only with the Jets one year? One year, and then he went to Minnesota and absolutely shredded it up. Oh, uh, yeah. In the 2009 season, not 2010. Mm. So... The trade for the first 11 games looked incredible. Sure. And then it just... And then it imploded. Yeah. So... You know what it is for me, Trevor? I'm taking out that the Jets probably aren't drafting a quarterback. Uh-huh. I'm taking out that on paper and things could change. The Falcons and Panthers are more realistic at the moment for Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. I can't sell myself that Carr or Jimmy G is the... God. This gets them over the hump. Like, I can't do that for this Jets team. And it, there's a good chance that's the route they go as well. But when you look at Aaron Rodgers... It's the Tom Brady conversation again in a little bit similarity in a sense of there are only very particular situations that he can go to. And when Mike LaFleur was the offensive coordinator, I was like, is Rodgers really going to want to go somewhere with another LaFleur? That didn't ever seem really great at Green Bay. Now LaFleur's fired. That position's open. I don't know. I'm not saying this is likely to happen, but if I'm picking a destination for Aaron Rodgers that is not the Green Bay Packers, mm-hmm. I really do think the Jets are at the top of that conversation. So I have Derek Carr at the top of my list, um, probably because it's most realistic. Not a- that that would be a- the most dude, ideal, absolutely. right? No, because but absolutely. I also have Tom Brady here. I didn't. I didn't write down Aaron Rodgers, but certainly like either Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers makes the most sense for the Jets because it means the turnaround is the fastest. It means the ceiling is the highest. So that one, I, I would definitely understand those other two. I think it's more realistic that they go trade for a guy like Derek Carr and Derek Carr, who I believe can lead them to the playoffs. So I have Derek Carr as my primary here, but Aaron Rodgers certainly makes sense. Look, if he's done in Green Bay, I do agree that that one makes sense there. I I don't think Tom Brady's going to want to go to the New York Jets. I don't. I just, don't. I, just he, I can he, never see it. Sure, he would. He would get to play Bill Belichick twice. He'd also have to play Josh Allen twice. You know, like he'd also have to play Joe Burrow at some point. He'd also have to play Patrick Mahomes at some point. Like, I I think Tom I think Tom Brady's going to avoid the AFC. I really, I really do, as like, he should. The, the man is the man is trying to play smarter, not harder. At this exactly. point in his career, he's already been in the AFC. He doesn't want to go back over there. So. Uh, I, I don't think that he's in on it. Don't send me back. 
I, I think that Rodgers is more likely. I, I just thought of this. So if this is dumb, I'm sorry, but I'm going to ask you. Would you take Nathaniel Hackett as offensive coordinator if it meant you got Aaron Rodgers on the Jets? If they hired a acceptable senior offensive assistant with him. Like, it can't be the playbook they just ran with LaFleur where LaFleur just did, was doing essentially everything. Mm. Hackett, need, Hackett needs another voice in there to help. But yes, I would be okay with that. Would I be, like, beyond ecstatic? No, but at least you're trying, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're trying to win. Mm-hmm. You're not trying to make the playoffs. You're not trying to be decent. You're trying to win. And if it sucks and it blows up, at least you went down fighting and trying because everything the Jets have tried a quarterback for a very, very long time has not worked. It hasn't worked. They failed to develop multiple first round picks. They brought in veterans in here besides one outlier 2015 season with Ryan Patrick has generally been a disaster. It's just, I, do I, how can I sit here and look into this camera and say that Derek Carr and Jimmy G are going to solve the Jets problems at quarterback? Anybody telling you that is just setting the bar low to say they'd be the best quarterback the Jets have had in the last decade. What Derek, the hell does that mean? I think it means Carr's literally good. nothing. I think Derek Carr's good. He's okay. I think and he Carr's was good. part of the problem in, with he the Raiders. Was, he was year. part of the problem with the Raiders. And the Jets don't have Devontae Adams. They have Garrett Wilson, who's really good. But they don't have a Darren Waller. Yet. Yet. Here, the selling point with Carr is that you get to keep, you essentially get to keep your draft capital, right? Mm-hmm. He's not going to cost a lot. He's mm-hmm. not cheap on the payroll, and that limits how much you can improve this team through free agency. But it gets flexible. Same with Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers. Right. right. I, this is a situation I don't envy Joe Douglas because what decision you make here is your job and your career. And I don't know, man. The. The the decision that's not the deep end is just very uninspiring to me. Like Derek Carr is like you're pretending to jump in the deep end, but you got your floaties on your arms. Oh, you always that, gotta have the floaties, dude. No, man. Yeah, you, you always gotta have the floaties. They don't really work. You kind of just <laughs> bob your head around. <laughs> They're kind of like They'll work for a little bit, but there's just Derek Carr. Derek Carr, a.k.a. Terrible. the floaty. A.k.a. Yeah. the floaty. Oh, God. All right, what, what's, the, what's the other team? You said the Jets. Speaking of like... Derek Carr, this is where I have him going, and that's Washington. Oh, okay. All right. They're so, too far back to draft. Mm-hmm. They're not a desirable situation for a guy with a legacy like Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll be in on Lamar Jackson in the sense that the nfc south teams are the options get grim really quick and Derek Carr is not a grim option and quite frankly i think this is a team that will probably consider making that call what do you think i like your jordan love idea but for the commanders i don't necessarily i guess Derek carr is certainly in this conversation as well although i just can't get off of him going to new york because i like that better because i think that makes them a playoff team i don't know what washington is with Derek carr maybe they're a playoff team but i don't know how stable the rest of that team's going to be they've kind of been up and down as a team no matter what jordan love feels like a decent spot for washington to call up 
Green Bay. And if they're bringing Aaron Rodgers back for another year, you can maybe get something out of Jordan Love. You've still got him for two more years on his contract. You can figure out how good he is. And then basically you're marrying him with maybe whatever Ron Rivera might be if Ron Rivera is obviously sticking around. So you can marry that uh, that experiment with Ron Rivera. And if you're moving on from Ron Rivera, maybe you're moving on from Jordan Love at the same time. But you can give it a shot. You know, I think this is a good roster. And I think Jordan Love can be a good quarterback. And then if you hit on it, like if next year he comes in and he plays really well, cool. Yeah, you probably got to sign into another contract soon after that. But you've got your guy. you got a young quarterback. You've got a guy to like. Maybe he could be something for you. And maybe you can make some noise um, in the NFC. So I think that that's a good spot for him. Other than that, though, I'm probably not forcing it that much if I'm Washington. Now, NFL teams don't work like this. Like, it's not like they're just going to punt and give up. But I'm basically to the point where either you're getting like a Jordan Love or just start Sam Howell. And I know that that's not how that. Like, that's not how things go. They're not going to do that. They they bring in like a Jacoby Brissett or something like that just because they can't they can't have things that desperate at the quarterback position. But to me, those are the options that I like the most for Washington. They're not picking high enough in this year's draft to go get a significant quarterback. Almost just like focus on next year's draft. I, I just I I don't love Washington, man. I don't I don't know how else to say it. Like I I don't have a lot of faith in where that team is going and what that team is doing. They were it felt like Washington was so hot and cold for almost no reason, both in the areas that we thought they were going to be good and the areas that we thought they were going to be bad. And I just, I, I don't know, I don't I don't find a lot of stability in that team right now. So that's why I'm kind of on this train of, if you can go get yourself a Jordan Love, and if you could stabilize this team, the roster's not terrible on paper. No, it's not. So if you could stabilize this team, and you can get a somewhat young quarterback in there to kind of slingshot what would be then attached to that winning window for them, that works out for me. Does Derek Carr do that? Does Jimmy Garoppolo do that? Maybe. But those cost you a lot more, and they're a lot older, and there's less of an ability for you to invest in them if they continue to work. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'd love to see Jordan Love in Washington. That's my primary guy for Washington. So all $26.2 million of Wentz's salary can be cleared if they want to clear it. Yeah, um, yeah you, you obviously. move on. You, you, you move, move on, on from completely, Wentz. yes. Yeah, the good news is for Washington, you have two really good young wide receivers in McLaurin and Dotson. You have two really good running backs. You have talent at the skill spots. Your offensive line needs a little bit of work. You'll get there. Mm-hmm. There's young talent on defense, especially up front. It's not It's not a situation that I think guys will actively avoid. Guys like Derek Carr, like you said, if you can pull off the trade for Jordan Love, that's intriguing as well. All right, let's close out here with the Bucks. Obviously, there's a lot of teams that we will talk further throughout the season about this. There's, you know, what is Tennessee going to, kind of the fringe teams, what is Tennessee going to look like? We don't really think Detroit's going to be too in on the quarterback market, obviously, with no, what they have in not. Goff. But if Baltimore trades Lamar Jackson, we'll get to that conversation. But this is really for the very obvious teams. And certainly the Tampa Bay Bucks fit that mold right now because there mm-hmm. is a world where Tom Brady doesn't come back. And then, Trevor, what are they left with and what are their options? Number one option is bring back Tom Brady. It has to be. Uh, if there's any Bucks fans out there, they're like, nah, he's washed. He was bad this year. He didn't believe in the coaching staff, man. I could tell you. He did not I believe. Blame him. He, he did not believe that this year was going to be a year where Tampa was going to be able to compete. And of, of course, I don't blame him. Outside of Tom, they went they went eight and nine. 
And outside of Tom Brady heroics, this is probably a six-win team. They probably won three or four extra games simply off the back of Tom Brady being incredible at times, especially down the stretch. Two miracle comebacks. So number one is you try to bring back Tom Brady. And if you can't bring back Tom Brady, Connor, I'm going to be honest. Like, I don't, a veteran doesn't intrigue me for the Buccaneers. Doesn't. Let me ask you this. Who's saving this team? We haven't done this for anyone. Do you you tank it? I think you tank it. Yeah. So the only only other real option that I have here is you just start Trask. You just start Kyle Trask. Yep. And I don't know if Tampa's going to do that. It's kind of the same situation as Washington. Like Washington's not just going to raise the white flag. I don't think they're going to start Sam Howell next year. I don't think the Bucs are going to start Kyle Trask next year. But Tampa's in trouble in both trenches. They are. They don't have they have zero pass rush outside. They were they were one of the worst pass rush teams in the NFL. They were one of the worst pass rush teams in the playoffs. Shaq Barrett's still coming off a major injury. Joe Tryon Shoyinka has not turned the corner as a major pass rusher for them. The rest of the guys, the rotational guys coming in, can't get it done. And that's why you saw them play so many coverages against Dallas, where you went, How are these guys wide open? What are they doing? Well, they're trying to throw bodies at the line of scrimmage because they can't get home to Prescott because nobody can get home with four or five. Yeah. So They've got major needs along the defensive line they got to figure out. They have needs along the trenches they got to figure out. Donovan Smith was the most penalized offensive lineman in football. Uh, he was completely unreliable at left tackle. You saw what it was like when he was standing next to a guy who was unreliable in either um, Nick Leverett or Luke Gadecki. No, and no Ali Marpet absolutely killed this team. Ryan Jensen suffering major knee injuries. Sure, okay, he doesn't need surgery, but what he what's he going to be like next year? Shaq Mason, a year older on the right side of the line of scrimmage. Tristan Wirth is obviously fantastic, but you need, I mean, like, they might need new starters at both left tackle and left guard next year if they want to be at the level where they actually want to compete. That's not to say that the, the tight ends were not as effective as they needed to be. The running backs were not as effective as they needed to be. If you take Tom Brady off this Buccaneers team, it's it is... Not good. <laughs> they're they are not in a good spot right now, even if they get fully healthy. So that's why I don't know. You know, you bring in a you bring in a Derek Carr, you bring in a Jimmy Garoppolo. What does that do for you? You probably make the playoffs again as a wild card team, and you're probably out in the first round. Is that worth it to you? Maybe it is, but it's not gonna be Super Bowl caliber. I'd rather I'd rather I'm tanking with Caleb Williams the next year, obviously, but uh, that's the way that I see Tampa right now. Either they bring back Tom Brady, Connor, or I think Tampa's got a lot of problems next year. Yeah, and if that's the case, you kind of ride it out one more year, and Bowles is going to be let go after that year, and you're starting over with a brand-new coaching staff that's drafting Caleb Williams or Drake May or whoever it is, Michael Penix, whoever it is. I mean, the bottom line is I agree with you. I I know it's very hard for guys in front offices to accept this, but if Brady doesn't come back, I think it totally alters the timeline of this franchise where, yeah, you're not, you're not just patching in a Derek Carr. Like you said, you said it perfectly and maybe they do try that and maybe they prove us wrong, but the odds of that being wrong, I don't think they have the right coaching staff in place. Like you said, they have Mm -hmm. aging talent. They have glaring, glaring needs at the most premium areas counting the offensive line counting. They can't protect and they can't rush the passer. Okay. Once you say that, 
if you bring Tom Brady back, okay, you could allocate your first round assets doing one of those two. Maybe mm-hmm. you find a way to get some money to get a pass rush. Shaq Barrett gets healthy. Try on Sharenka. You could sell the hope that he's going to turn the corner. But you can't do all of it if Tom Brady doesn't come back. You I can't. Yep. And you have to accept what you are. And there's nothing wrong with that. You you won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. That's a really prideful thing and a really big accomplishment. And sometimes you have to face that it's time to reset. And depending on what Brady does, that's what the Bucs could be looking at. Yeah, if Brady doesn't come back, I think it's time to reset. I think it's time to reset a lot of stuff. But I think they're going to bring back most of the coaching staff anyways. So I think they're uh, they the are Bucks. a year away from, I think, totally hitting rebuild on this team anyways. So why not? try your best to bring Tom Brady back for another year to see if you can get the most out of it. But that's kind of the way that we see a lot of those teams and their quarterback situations. Before we get out of here, want to talk to you about our friends over at DraftKings. NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg and add up to 100% of your boosted bets. I've been loving DraftKings. We've, we we just got a couple weeks ago in Ohio. It's my favorite place to put down bets. Uh, it's it, it, I'll just, It's been kind to me. That's all I'll say. It's been kind to be here in 2023, and it can be kind to you guys, too, and your wallets, of course. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook and use the promo code PFF. New customers can bet just $5 on the divisional round and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code PFF. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Connor, you got anything else before we get out of here today? That was a fun one, man. I think it really outlined the different dominoes of how one quarterback situation can impact another. And I think, honestly, Trevor, what I'm looking forward to most is we did this show. I think maybe it's a May episode, but we do this show again, kind of look back at everything we said mm. and see how it all shakes out. Mm. I, it'll be Old really, takes really... expose us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah essentially. Or, or like we expect, we'll probably have a 98% hit rate on all these and we'll just kind of sit there with our, uh, what do they call the one-eyed glasses? A monocle? Is that what it is? Uh, Did I butcher I, that too? I, no, I think so. I think that's right. I, yeah, we like the SpongeBob meme. We'll wear the monocle and we'll kind of pinky up and yeah, we'll just play yeah, back yeah. all is, our is that what it is? Is it, please, please look it up. I need you to look it I, up. It's, Mo- I don't. Oh, uh, let's see. They're mono on Amazon. Mean, mono means yes. one, right? Monocle eyewear. There we go. Yes. Okay, you, you can apparently it. get them um, on Amazon. I might have to get, get one every, for the show. You can That'd get everything. Cool. <laughs> cool fit. All right, I'm done. <laughs> You can get anything on Amazon. Appreciate everybody listening. Uh, if you enjoyed this quarterback conversation or if you hated the quarterback conversation. Yeah, that too. Let us know. Let us know what you think about Ooh. some of these teams. And you yeah, go ahead. Go who, ahead. Who do you think will be the angriest out of all the options? Uh, my parents for me choosing this career. <laughs> really good answer. I was going to say <laughs> Washington because um, we kind of got to them. And we're like, everyone's gone. How do you like Derek Carr, Jordan Love? So <laughs> I hope you're hungry for nothing. Yeah, for nothing. <laughs> and the Bucks one was pretty grim too. But still, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, we did. We we unfortunately saved the grim ones for the end. We didn't do that on purpose. It just it 
that's how life goes and yeah, gets to the table late there's no food left that's true uh let us know what you thought of this conversation we would love to hear from you guys as well on where you think certain players are going to go what certain teams are going to do when it comes to the quarterback position we know y'all got takes on quarterbacks because you always do let us know in the youtube comments if you're watching this bad boy on youtube uh just scroll a little bit lower add, add a little comment down below um that's an easy way for us to see it and for you guys to interact with each other here as listeners of the pod this is draft community remember it's not just a podcast it's not just connor and i talking about the draft it's all of us talking about the draft so get in on the community aspect of it get into the comments you can also hit us up on twitter at tampa bay trey at connor j rogers you can hit us up on instagram as well same usernames there so uh we got one more episode for you this week ranking corners baby we're looking at the 2023 cornerback class it is official it is locked and loaded the declaration date has passed we know everybody that's in the pool now it's time to rank them. We'll give you our cornerback rankings five through one, but then you you guys know how it goes. We'll probably talk to you about 10, 11, 12 of these guys, give you our thoughts on them. We're watching a ton of tape on these guys, looking up a ton of PF stat, PFF stats, and we're going to let you know whether your team needs a corner or not, who you would want to draft in this class, whether it's top-heavy class, whether it's deep, whatever it is. We're going to get to the bottom of it on the next episode. I'm Trevor Sikma. That is Connor Rogers. Thank you guys so much for watching the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. We'll see you next time.